Welcome to the closing day of Sashin and the closing day of our practice period. It's good to see you all, especially um, all you Buddhas who are in the audience. Good to see you. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> oh, there are a bunch of you. Very nice. Buddhas love to come to Dharma talks. Did you know that? Yeah, and in fact, it's one of the uh, minor rules that uh, if a Dharma talk, I don't, I'm, I'm just telling you the rule. I'm not going to enforce it. But uh, one of the rules is that if there's a Dharma talk being given within 40 miles, you're supposed to go. This is old days, 40 miles. Yeah, they didn't have Zoom. <laughs> so Dharma, today is this day of concluding our practice period together, and Dharma, Dharma talk, Dharma means law. So whenever we're doing one of these Dharma talks, we're actually talking about the law, the law of reality. That's what it means. These are serious times we get together. We have fun, but we're talking about the law of how things work. And we've just been exploring that intensively in our practice period with our amazing Shuso, Maite Lea. And then even more concentrated right now in our session. So for all these days, we've been sitting here and um, practicing in very close proximity with each other. And then we'll close this afternoon at 1230 with the Hosin Shiki, the uh, Shuso ceremony. We say Shuso ceremony, but the, the characters in, in Japanese mean Dharma combat ceremony. Did I tell you that before? <laughs> well, we have this kind of pillow fight kind of <laughs> But what's inside those pillows? <laughs> really looking forward to this celebration of the Shuso, who's been guiding us, writing beautiful postings to us every morning, giving wonderful Dharma talks, and leading us with... Uh, Wisdom, compassion, incredible talent. Thank you, Shuso. So uh, this dharma, this reality, even though we are grounded in reality, we are expressions of reality. We are reality. Reality comes to fruition in us also. So we're walking around pieces of reality. And the Shuso has talked to us about her emphasis for this especially for the session and for the Shuso ceremony, has been um, no separate self. No self. No separate self. And yet there are fleeting arisings of senses of self. Very hard to catch. Very hard to catch. So with every experience, every perception, sensation, thought, uh, attitude, with every one of those things that arises in your karmic stream, my karmic stream, always, the old meditators noticed, also come these four factors, self-view, self-confusion, self-esteem, and self-love. They always come up right there with this little thing, whatever the experience is. And they're very hard to catch. So if, you've, if any of us has caught it as a self, that's too big. 
So what can we compare this to, this small thing? How about neutrinos? <laughs> Do you all know what neutrinos are? They're super small. They are the, um, they're so small, they're called new, neutral neutrino that uh, they have no charge. They have no electric charge. And they also, they used to think, they, you know, the ancient Buddhist scientists <laughs> used to think that um, they also had no mass, but they have a teensy, teensy, teensy bit of mass. And we all know what atoms are, right? And particles and all these things, elements. So we've all grown up in a time where science tells us that we're all composed of atoms and molecules and things like that, right? So we're used to that idea that this isn't just a, a, a single, wouldn't be funny? Single cell, single cell organism, me. Yeah, and all of you are single cell organisms. No, you're all composed of many, many things. So neutrinos are part of the subatomic world. Very, 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 very tiny, and they're hard to find. They're being sent out by our sun all the time, and they want to catch one because they want to see how um, re reality is constructed. Okay, sound a little similar to what we're trying to do? So how many neutrinos do you think impact your body every day? Any wild guess? Billions. 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 Oh, every day? How many billions? <laughs> Hundred million billion a day. How about 1,000 billion every second? 100 trillion every second is passing through your body day and night because the earth doesn't stop them. So even if you're not in direct sunlight, 100 trillion neutrinos are passing through your body every second. Isn't that amazing? So they want to capture, they, our friends, the scientists, would like to capture a few of these to study them, and they're really hard to capture because here they are, you know, 100 trillion just went through me and you. It's a flood of neutrinos that we don't see. So they are, right now we, are building a, um, a thing called the Dune, the Deep Underground Neutrino Experiment. I just have to visit this place, but one of the, they're digging the part in South Dakota and then 800 miles away in Illinois, they're digging another part. So it, they will connect each to each other 800 miles apart, 20 miles underground. And then they hope to catch a few of these neutrinos. Isn't that wonderful? We try to do that. So that's almost as difficult as trying to identify a sense of self as it comes up. Okay. So how many times do you think a sense of self arises in your mental consciousness every day? Really a lot. Really a lot. And it's very hard for us to catch. So we could say if it's as hard to catch as neutrinos, let's just go about our daily business. But there's a reason why we try to catch it. And so let's let's read this case together, and then we'll talk about why this is so important to identify as it's happening. Case 37, introduction. Driving away in the bombman's box, pulling its nose around, taking away the hungry man's food, holding his throat tight, 
Is there anyone who can administer the poison, the case? Wei Shan asked Yang Shan, if someone suddenly said, all sentient beings just have active consciousness, boundless and unclear, with no fundamental to rely on, how would you prove it in experience? Yang Shan said, if a monk comes, I call him, hey you. If the monk turns his head, I say, what is it? If he hesitates, I say, not only is their active consciousness boundless and unclear, they have no fundamental to rely on. Guishan said, good. <coughs> Would you read the case again? Just the case? Just the case. Guishan asked Yangshan, if someone suddenly said, all sentient beings just have active consciousness, boundless and unclear, with no fundamental to rely on. How would you prove it in experience? Yangshan said, if a monk com comes, I call him, hey you. If the monk turns his head, I say, what is it? If he hesitates, I say, not only is their active consciousness boundless and unclear, they have no fundamental to rely on. Guishan said, good. So the first part of that is that um, all sentient beings, it's in sentient beings just have karmic consciousness, boundless and unclear, with no fundamental to rely on. But the... the supposition behind it is that Buddha consciousness is the same as our consciousness. But what we experience is karmic consciousness, boundless and unclear. Okay, So we're feeling this um, oceanic karmic consciousness, and we tend to think we see pretty clearly. We tend to think that. That's great. We do see very clearly. We see very clearly in this very tiny focal point. We don't see very clearly over here. We don't see very clearly back here. We don't see clearly up here or down here. We see clearly like right there. And we can turn our heads, but basically we have very narrow vision. And we're used to it. So we think it's pretty, it is, it's wonderful. It's an incredible gift. In order to basically live and swim in this condition that we're in of having this karmic consciousness and this actually very narrow range of vision, we support each other. We are incredibly supported and our Shuso has provided amazing support during this entire practice period. Whether you felt it or not, her support has been radiating out in all directions. And the support of the practice period has been radiating out in all directions. And the support of the Dharma has been radiating out in all directions. So support is something that makes it possible for all of us to be alive moment after moment, whether we know that it's happening or not. It's like neutrinos, you know. 100 trillion moments of support are passing through your body every second. It's the only way. It's the only thing that makes it possible for us to do what we do. And we don't recognize it. We have other things to do. That's perfectly fine. We have to figure out ways to support other people, for instance. 
And as Maite has been supporting us and the whole practice period and everybody has been supporting each other, the earth supports us, Sashin supports us, the Sashin has no intention to support you, but it supports you. And the world has no intention really to support you, but it supports you. It just happens this way. And so every now and then, let's just recognize how much support we're getting. Isn't that nice? It's like at this moment, everything is supporting you to be who you are right now. Everything has come together to support you right now. So we don't recognize it. In fact, we don't really even need to recognize it, but it's happening. Sometimes we think we, speaking personally, sometimes I think I, I recognize it and I, I've actually missed it already. The support was there and it's, oh my God. That person let me um, go ahead of them in line. Thank you for that great support. I wish I could go back and thank you, but you've gone on to the rest of your life. You'll never know how important that was to me. Like teachers, teachers who provide boundless support to young sprouts, and some of them are, all of them are helped. Some of them are profoundly helped, and you'll never know. Isn't that amazing? And all the other nice things that we do as um, practitioners and good humans that are providing support for people, we just let it flow. Dogen says, you know, generous people just help an exhausted turtle. They don't need their thanks. So to be really supportive, you don't need their thanks. You just pick up the turtle and help it cross the road. So how does our intention. Yesterday, Maite gave a beautiful Dharma talk and talked about volition and intention, which is always present. And she suggested that we look even now for a moment to see what's your intention right now. It's always present. There's always a moment of volition arising just as those four kinds of selves arise. Volition, intention. It's always your choice, what you're doing. Volition right now, and then again, and then again. So how does knowing that or hearing these these propositions of Dharma um, work with us? We're in a vast ocean of karmic consciousness, and we're being supported by this vast ocean. We're floating along. Very nice. It's nice if you're floating in Galveston, Northern California, a little more challenging, <laughs> practically freezing. Exactly, it's very nice, actually. So floating along, knowing that these things are always arising, how does it? How do we work with that? We work with that by one of the ways. We have lots of tools in our Zen practice to work with this, but the one we want to practice with is simply to witness what's happening to observe what's happening. So when a sensation arises, there's a sense of self there. There's self-view, uh, self-confusion, self-love, and self-esteem. And can you notice it? Just neutral, no charge, very hard. But what we can notice quite easily is that a sensation, a thought, a perception has arisen, those selves are up, Intention is up, and what happens is then our karmic habits come. That's what we see. 
we see the big thing come. So we see, we can't see the neutrino. <clears throat> I don't think we'll ever see the neutrino, but we'll get a, a whiff of the self. I mean, our personal neutrino, I'm sure the deep underground neutrino experiment will find four or five neutrinos, but um, we catch the karmic habits. We ca capture the current. So I notice the arise. I think about my dog, Baku, and boom, I feel a lot of, right now I feel pretty good, happy, but sometimes I feel quite sad when I think about my, my beautiful big Labrador. Three weeks ago yesterday, he entered Nirvana. This week he's with Manjushri. Last week he was with Shakyamuni. The week before he was with, who was he with the first week? Fudo Myo, the, the guardian with the uh, flames. For seven weeks, he'll be traveling with them. And I had this view of him hanging out with Shakyamuni Buddha. How fun it would be to be a, a blonde Labrador circling around Shakyamuni Buddha. <laughs> Buddha would just look down at him. Now he would give the elephant look. <laughs> now he's with Manjushri on the beach. This is what I tell myself when I'm practicing with that kind of loss. So when the karmic habits and streams come, that's where we have the benefits of our practice. The karmic stream of the stories we tell ourselves, we get to watch the creation of our concepts and our stories. Here they come. This is my story about the meaning of that before, like two seconds ago, it was a neutral experience, and now all the meaning I create around it has arrived, and I get to witness that. We have practices, like I just told you about my practice of the seven weeks of um, grieving for a lost, lost loved one. There are things to think about to help meet the feelings, lots of things to do. And in this, this karmic stream where the big karmic concepts and batches of stuff come, we have things to do, but the primary medicine for this is witnessing. The primary medicine is to watch it come and watch it um, assemble itself before your eyes and in your body. You get to watch this thing, our story, without fighting it off necessarily. Although the reason that we can do this kind of difficult work is because we have so much support from our Sangha and our Dharma friends and our practice, it helps us do this difficult work. So we're not trying to reify the story. If I've got a especially difficult story, um, we're not trying to make it solid. We're trying to watch how we create it over and over and over. And the powerful antidote of witnessing allows it to change. Never is the current of this creation the same. It's always changing. Comes again. Well, I believe it's the same. That's just a belief. It's changing. So Maite's selection of this case, it takes us into this territory of um, willingness to be in karmic consciousness. It's a very brave case that you chose. So to be, to recognize how powerful our karmic consciousness is and how we're 
pulled around in the stream of greed, hate, and delusion. We all know that. But the part that we have to get to deal with is the stories we create about it inside. And because of our um, karmic intelligence, we like to believe our stories. They're great. We build some great stories about reality. They're so great. So we don't necessarily have, we don't actually attack our stories and drive them away or destroy them. We just watch the show over and over and over. Various plays, various novels that we read. Why do we read them over and over? At least how many people read stories or watch shows over and over? Why? Why? Because actually it's always different, isn't it? So the, the collection of realizations and emotional work that happens, watching it more than one time, reading it more than one time, we change too when we get to watch that change. It's a very profound experience, which is why we do these, these chants over and over and over. We're changing, they're changing. This practice that we're in is called training for a reason. Because what I've just described about watching the show is spacious and accommodating, spacious and accommodating, but actually in a situation like a practice period, and especially in a session, we're doing something also similar to the deep underground neutrino experiment. We're building a container to capture it. We're doing, we're building a container to recognize it. One of the, um, descriptions in days of old for session and practice is a bamboo tube. So you get a bamboo tube and you put a snake in it and it's going to bump into the tube. And that's the description of Zen training. It's not to imprison the snake or the, or the Zen practitioner. It's so you get to feel yourself bumping up against the self. And in our session, where we're all living together quite tightly, um, we bump up against each other. We bump up, bump up against things that we would rather have than this thing that's being presented to me right now. I want that person, but this person is in front of me. I want that um, vegetable in, this, in the third bowl. <laughs> but this one is here. So that's the self coming up. Finally, we get to see after enough days that all those preferences and experiences are the chance to watch the self come up and create reality. So training and practice together and sangha, it's both support and this container, or you could say mirror, but it's a container to bump up against. I can't tell you how many times people have told me after they start practicing here, I'm, I don't like to join things. I'm not a joiner. I really don't like being in groups of people. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> There's something in it that, um, of course, you know, we, we, what is it that, what, what is it that happens when we're in a group of people? You don't get your way entirely. You bump up against this person, you have to move to the side or you have to talk to them. Um, being with a group of people gets, helps us recognize ourselves. It should be hard. 
it should be hard because that's where we get to see the self. Should if you if a consciousness has no difficulty in a group of people, I would say, well, congratulations. But also, um, I don't know. Maybe it is possible. Buddha would have no difficulty. Okay, so all of you who are Buddhas who have no difficulty with groups of people, that's to be celebrated. But often in the uh, bound, the karmic consciousness, boundless and unclear, um, it's uh, it's challenging to be with people because you don't get your way. So I would say if you're not have if a person isn't having difficulties, they're just always getting their way. We have to put them in a different container or give them a slightly different job within the container so that you get to witness the creation of the self. We're not trying to, deno- to destroy the self. We're trying to watch how it comes into being and then you're free. And then you can free other people. You know how your reality is created. You can help other people. And you can recognize whether it's time for them, if it's possible for them to see a little into how their reality is created. If not, just support, just support, lead toward liberation.